Hi Angie. Right, no, no, well, I was on it. I was on his tail, and I've lost all my advantage. I lost. I lost redirection. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Malcolm. I'm on there. Come on. My family think I'm probably mad. I have got these two boats. What on earth do I want to do that for? And I enjoy it because it's right. I think whatever men can do, I can do. So if they're selling these boats, okay, just because I'm a woman, I'm in there. <laughs> I'll probably break all the rules, and they'll say, oh, they, they, they'll shout, you know, well, I can't remember what the word is now, the technical term, what they should call. And I'll just say, sorry, sorry, I'm in your way. <laughs> anyway, Sam comes along, he pulls my trolley, kind of a, a large trolley with all the boats and equipment and things in, and he'll come and he will sit there. I wrap him up in a blanket or something if it's cold and his hot water bottle and his umbrella and he just watches and I just think I mean if I had an adult who couldn't cope with that then my life would be totally you know what do you do why have I stopped Malcolm there you go that's all right I'm off again there we are there's my husband there's my daughter there's my stepson and there's Sam. always had his hair short I suppose the saddest thing is that he doesn't have friends. Because he doesn't, well, I suppose he doesn't need friends. Because he lives in his own world, you don't think he actually... They also, they, the Times newspaper, the Sunday Times, did an article of him. Um, he was only that age. And they took a picture, this beautiful picture, and I can't find it for the life of me. Because it was on the front of the Sunday Times magazine. And he used to play poo sticks on the bridge up there. So that was his ritual, that he would find these twigs and then he had to throw them over and watch and, and play poo sticks. <laughs> he is being buried in the sand. We go everywhere together. So, like, come on Sam, we've got to go shopping, he'll, he'll go. And we'll go to Sainsbury's and things and he'll push the trolley and I think, where's he gone now? Oh, I've got arms full of stuff. And he's probably gone off to find something that he wants. And he comes back, oh, well done Sam, I forgot I needed that, because, you know, and things like that. But he's great to have because if you go shopping, he carries everything. So it's a bit like, you know, he's walking behind and he's carrying all my bags and things, which is great. Just carry this, Sam. Yeah, carry that, Sam. So, yes, and if you you see you see other, other adults and you think I'm so grateful for Sam being as he is in lots and lots of ways, he wouldn't, wouldn't come up to you and give you a hug. But if you say, can I have a hug, Sam, he'll give you, come up and give you a hug. Because you have to ask for it. But he knows what he need, has to do. Mm. Uh, and just by him being happy that you know. Yeah. Um, when you started <coughs> coming with him, when you stopped the regular work at the surgery, mm. he, the smile on his face is so <laughs> proud that you were bringing him to work. You know, it was just yeah, absolutely yeah. touching beyond anything. He goes off and just gets the you know, lawnmower, doesn't he? Gets the mower and does all that sort of thing. He's brilliant at mowing. Sometimes yeah. it's straight lines, sometimes it's swirly. <laughs> if we're actually out somewhere and, and there's dancing, I'll get up and dance. He will, da he will dance with me. He doesn't look at me because he doesn't like looking at people. And he'll look away, but he'll do a sort of a, how do you describe it, a wooden type of dance. And he'll, he'll do, which I think is, is, is lovely. That was always the thing in the, in the early, very early days, that they wouldn't look at you. I used to physically hold his head and say, look at me, and he would try, try everything to get his eyes away from looking at me. And I think that's one of the um, one of the signs of autism that, you know, we don't have this connection. But I, th I think he's a very sensitive, sensitive lad. You just, you know, you can see it. 
sin where he, where he is with things and he tends to connect a lot with children he always points to little boys and then points to himself and I said that's right Sam yeah he doesn't point to another man he points to a, a young lad I don't know how he sees himself really it it just conjures up you know what what does what does go on in his in his mind I think there's a lot going on in there must be a lot going on in there See, Sam sits there. Look. Yeah. We're gonna get. We're gonna have some cake and coffee in a minute. <clears throat> yeah. So I was expecting Sam, and everything was normal until it came to the birth, and then at last stages they realised that he was in breach, but it was too late to go down to theatre, so um, he had to be born by the forceps. But but everything seemed, you know, normal after that, and it was only until he was eighteen months old. I suppose things started to go wrong. He he didn't progress, so his speech changed, his behaviours changed, his eating changed, and he wasn't responding to me. So of course she went to the doctor, and they referred me back to a, a, a hearing specialist. And then they referred me to the hospital. It was called Champs then, and you went along for six weeks with all these other children, um, doing various sing-alongs and behavioural things. I still had absolutely no idea what autism was. Never heard of the, never heard of it really. But three weeks in, they took me into a room, and said, um, "He's autistic." I, I, I was completely out of the blue. Didn't have my husband with me. Well, it just shattered us really. Absolutely shattered us. But we 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 carried on with what services were available, I suppose. I tried taking him to um, nursery and things, but of course he was he was on his own, he didn't want to join in, or his behaviour was was difficult, that you, you found, you know, you were, you felt incredibly isolated. Maybe it was my feelings that I knew something was wrong with Samuel, maybe I was hypersensitive about it, but you felt that, felt that they should stay away I suppose they quickly didn't realise what what was actually happening, so you tend to isolate yourself in that case, and you become very protective. And well, then you can you reach another milestone of school, another you know emotional roller coaster really, um, because you come up against the the educational authorities, and they say, right, you have this choice, you go to this. We well, have no choice really. You go to this school. It was a special class that was made up to accommodate a number of children with different problems. And we found out later that the, the children, or Sam, was kept on a wrist restraint. It was a fabric strap around his wrist, like being on a leash, I suppose. They couldn't go on the grass. They, could stay on the, <laughs> they had to stay on the concrete. And I'm thinking, right, OK, so this child has absolutely no idea of what he should be doing. And they were trying to conform these kids in, into this kind of rules and regulations which I had no idea about. It didn't take too long, but as things went on, his behaviour deteriorated. And then eventually the, um, the county psychologist was involved and straight away our, our, our whole world changed, really. He came in and said what they were doing was not right. And within two days I had a phone call saying you can choose what school you'd like him to go to. Oh, my God, a saviour. Because that meant we could go to an autistic school out of county which was unbelievably fantastic. So he went to a place called Radlett Lodge in uh, Hertfordshire. Stayed Monday to Friday. Yeah. Oh, unbelievable. It, was, it saved 
save Sam completely, utterly. Until up to then, Sam's diet had consisted of shreddies, McCoy crisps, and that's about it really, <laughs> uh, chocolate mousse. That's, that's what he lived on, I don't know how he survived, but when he had various tests about, you know, they said well, he was getting everything from the shreddies and the milk, and he, he seemed reasonably healthy, so that was, you know. So the main thing, the first big revelation when he came home after his first week, he sat down and ate a meal with us because he had no access to these foods at school. And so it was a case of, you know, and it was just amazing. You had all the help given. You had a psychologist who could tell you what to do if he started rocking and then um, with his sleep, all the advice you could possibly have. And he just went on from strength to strength from there, really. Yes, I carried on working. I think that was very important. That was also a lifesaver to carry on working all those eight, two and a half days a week. Um, and that th- th- gave me a breathing space. So you tick along and everything is fine. And we, Sam also took up archery. There was something else we did when my husband was alive. We, we, uh, Sam showed an interest in archery. Now he's a, it was amazing. So when, you know, after my husband died, I, I found this club and we carried, I carried on. And he was amazing. I, I just can't believe how <laughs> good he was. <laughs> Uh, well, he was just, yeah, and he coped with that. He knew exactly how, what he should be doing, how he strung his bow, how it was all, you know, it was just something was going on, you know, that he he understood everything. And then, of course, I, I used to play bowls, and I, I didn't think he was capable of playing bowls. I, I, it wasn't for some time until I thought, well, let's give it a try. So I took him to the Carpet Bowls Club in Hadley. And I just explained to him, like, okay, this is the bias. This is the way you hold the wood and it goes there. And well, he was off. That was it. Off he went. There's no problem with that at all. Understood the rules, who was to play first, all the sort of things that you have to do. <laughs> you know, he was just amazing. He just, I'm a, I'm a very competitive person. And Sam isn't, so everything, he didn't worry about anything. So he just played. And he now he's, we belong to a club at Old Newton and um, he plays in the teams and he's liked by everybody and he he, he, he takes it after chip off the old block even though i'm his mother i can't let him win he's too good <laughs> no it's, but he's, you're a champion uh, Suffolk, like yeah, Suffolk ladies forward champion fantastic yeah i went to skegness to play in the nationals but unfortunately i got i got beaten in the first round there but that was an amazing achievement so it was a really great year and sam just loves he loves playing he, you know, he just meets people, he, he doesn't, it's just how he copes with everything. If, but there are times when he gets quite stressed, so too much language um, can upset him because he can't, he can't process. So someone like my bowls starts to talk to him and they're not aware, he gets, he gets a little agitated and I have to say, you, know, you, you have to, I have to explain that he's, yeah. he's not understanding because he might just get the beginning and the end. So it has to be, you, you can't, like a conversational wise, he won't be able to understand that. Um, so you have to say the very things in two or three words. I know he, he looks, he's a big giant of a, of a man, but there are times when he can get upset. Now if he gets upset, you, you probably might have. Oh, have, he's chasing me around, he's and pushing he's like, a barrow and I'm running for crazy. <laughs> and he's like a silverback gorilla. I, that's, how I, that's, how I, that's how I see him as because he will start thumping his chest and he can jump and he can jump and it's like 12 foot high 
if yeah, he's he's big, mm. and you have to he gets really upset and he, he cries and everything else, and you have to try and calm him down. Sometimes, it's, and you don't know what's triggered that. I mean, one simple example was I I hadn't done all my shopping or something. I went into Hadley to to, to get a few more bits, and he went off and he got he brought back a, a small bottle of Ribena. And I said, no, Sam, I've got some at home. Got home, and I didn't have any Ribena. Well, that was it. He just went off into a, a thing. And I thought, all this, all this um, over a bottle of Ribena, and I should have just bought it and be done. But it's just a tiny thing like that could just upset him in that, you know. Has he ever spoken? No, no. So... I can't remember single word he tries and uh, you think when you try to um because you think how easy it is to say mum and he would look at you and he couldn't I wanted to keep the home for Sam. I, I, you know, it was voiced to me by powers to be that maybe, maybe you'd like him to live independently somewhere else. And I said, no, no, no. I couldn't bear it. Couldn't bear it. And that was another upsetting thing which I did. Which I, when we have this respite facility, which I haven't used for some time now, and we went for our first look, and it's a beautiful, beautiful facility. And you just go there for a, a, a night or two, <laughs> and I. I took along to go and see, and we went for tea. He was looking a bit sad, and anyway, he went off to the loo. He came back, and he was crying, and I thought, why are you crying? <laughs> I suddenly realised what it was. He thought I was leaving him. <laughs> I said, no, Sam, we're going home. Oh, he just breaks your heart. And he was quite all right when I explained to him, no, we're going home. We have a good life together. When he's emotional... He keeps signing happy. And I'm saying, but you're not happy. Mm. You know, you're sad. But he, he doesn't do that. So I don't know whether he signs happy because he, he, he thinks you want him to be happy. I'm not sure. But um, it's a good thing. But I, I, I don't think a lot of the time, if he doesn't want to communicate, he won't communicate. He doesn't say, what's the point? You know, in other words, he's taciturn. Yes. <laughs> you know, he doesn't need Oh, that's a Jane to. Austen term, that is. <laughs> yeah. what, what does that mean, Sarah, taciturn? Taciturn means you don't, you don't yeah. feel the need to use many words, yeah. basically. Yeah. You know, keep yourself to yourself, yeah, really. which is what, you know, I suppose autism is all about, really. That's what, what you just live in your own world, which he seems to be quite happy doing. Whistle! <laughs> hey! Yeah, I think we're going to have to move the course. OK, then. So we're coming in. Well, look at... Is it time for lunch yet? <laughs> it's time for bacon rolls. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm obsessed with, is bacon rolls. That's all she wanted about her stomach. 